The following podcast you're about to listen to is brought to you by the Push Start Media Network, where everything you do in life begins with Push and Start. edition of S-Y-E Beat the Odds. I am your humble host, Bryce Benjamin, along with the co-host of the year, not just a co-host, the co-host of the year, Mr. Ed Reuter in the building. What is good, sir? Yaksamash. I'm I'm very excited. If, if you couldn't tell, that was my Borat impression, because tonight, Borat, a subsequent movie film, uh, comes out, and uh, right after recording here, because I just got out of work, I will be enjoying the new Borat movie, which uh, I have heard from a couple of friends is outstanding. So I am pumped I'm, and ready to ready to talk, but just as excited for for after the show today for the first time. How did you like the first Borat movie? Where, oh where do you, uh, if you had to get give it a scale of one to ten, what would you rank it? Oh man, it's like a it's like an eight or a nine. Because it's not like an all-time great, right? Yeah. But it's so solid. And my favorite part about it is, on the surface, it's so incredibly stupid. Do you know what I mean? All <laughs> stupid, goofy humor. But underneath, there's a layer of real intelligence there from yeah. Sasha Baron Cohen. It's all really uniquely planned out and just a great mix of you know things that were staged and things that were you know just kind of actually like hidden camera type stuff that was just a perfect blend. And I thought it's uh, really unique. So... Man, super excited for the second one tonight. It reminded me sort of like a uh, like a jackass skit. Except like it just like it kept going and going and going. And I don't and I enjoy that. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy jackass. I enjoy that type of comedy and that type of style uh, style of movie. Yeah, um, that, that was very popular at that time because yeah. jackass was very big. The the reality shows and that hidden camera type stuff mm-hmm. where live action film was all very very much the rage. So I'm excited, man. I'm I'm, I'm honestly looking forward to it. it. Should be pretty funny. So. Can't wait. Man, you know what I'm looking forward to? What's that? Getting these picks in, man. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to make some people some money, to be honest with you. I think so fact. far, looking back at our picks, we've been doing a damn fine job, if I do say so myself. I would 100% agree, man. And um, we're going to continue to do a fine job, and we're going to continue to fill your pockets because we love money. We love That's- football. We love money. So this is why we're doing this podcast. This is why we're doing this episode. Awesome, man. Let's uh, let's get after it. So, what's what's our first big game here? All right, I want to say it's a big game, but it's the first <laughs> one. <laughs> uh, so we got the Buffalo Bills traveling to the New Jersey Jets right now. The Jets are, of course, the underdogs plus ten and a half, and the over under for this game is forty six. Uh, Ruder, the Jets have yet to cover not one single game. And I, we know they're zero and six. We know they have yet to win a game. They have yet to cover. And I'm just going to say that this continues. Buffalo, two straight losses back-to-back, a heartbreaker against Tennessee. And then, again, um, not the best performance from Josh Allen against Kansas City. But, you know, those are two of the top teams in the AFC right now. So it kind of just shows Buffalo isn't really in that top tier of uh, of talent yet. 
and at least they get a nice bounce back game here. So um, I'm going with Buffalo to win this game big. Uh, I think that they cover. I'm going to go with a score of like 35 and the Jets maybe scores six. I give the Jets six points. I think I'm right with you on that one. And I, I think you nailed essentially the entire analysis there because the Bills had two really tough games in a row. They played the Titans on the road and then the Chiefs at home. Now, the, everyone knows the Titans game was a blowout. I think they got behind the eight ball early. And that was the first time they had really been tested like that all year because they, they really jumped on their opponents early in all four of their previous wins. Yeah. So they got behind the eight ball. Uh, it was a bit of a mess and Tennessee kind of handed them their ass. And what it exploited was the fact that they can't, they can't stop the run at all. And the Kansas city chiefs went in with that mindset and they absolutely ran all over Buffalo. Andy Reid set a record for rushing attempts as a coach in his career. And, uh, you know, it just goes to show you, he's a great coach. He found Buffalo's weakness and exploited it. Now, with all of that being said, the reason I agree with you that the Bills cover and win big time is because after you come off those really tough games against two really tough opponents, I feel like playing the Jets is going to feel like a weight is lifted off their shoulder. I th- there's going to be way more time to throw. There's going to be bigger rushing lanes. I think it's just going to be like playing against middle schoolers. You just right? move to a nice neighborhood and shit. <laughs> Yeah, it's like like you've been struggling. Your life's been a struggle for you so far. You've been living, it's been hard. And then you inherit some money, move to a nice neighborhood, and all of a sudden, life's pretty good, right? I feel like that's what this is going to feel like for Buffalo. I agree with you about that 35-point range. Uh, I I think that the Jets might score a couple more points than that because I think that the Bills Okay, they they score nine. Yeah, I'm going (laughs) to give them 10. I was going to give them a solid 10. That's the only time you're going to hear anyone call the Jets a 10 this year. Uh, but yeah, no, it, it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be close. I think the bills win handily. You know how bad it is for the jets, bro. Joe Flacco. And I love Joe Flacco, man. And Shout his eliteness. And his eliteness. He took a fucking 30 yard sack. And I was just watching that play. And I'm like, this is the most Joe Flacco jet shit ever. <laughs> it and was so funny. Well, I mean, what am I, I mean, there's so many things you could talk about. I think they, they just lost uh, McClendon. On the defensive line, yes. they traded away Le'Veon Bell. Uh, just anyone that's any kind of player, what it seems like the Jets are doing is uh, they are going after Trevor Lawrence. Uh, there's no other explanation for how bad this Jets team is. So I don't know why Trevor um, Lawrence staying in school if the Jets got the yeah, pick. He really might. He really might. <laughs> I wouldn't yeah, blame so him, man. That's tough, buddy. But uh, yeah, but the Bills all day in this one. This is an easy one. All right, next game on the slate here. Green Bay traveling to Houston. Take on the Texans. Right now, Texans are the home underdogs, plus three and a half, over under 57 and a half. How are you feeling about this one, Ruder? I really like the under in this one, for sure. Um, I don't think, I think that Green Bay, you know, despite giving up some points to some good offenses, I think that defense is better than people give them credit for. I really like a lot of the players on that defense. And uh, I, I was asked a funny question the other day on social media. It was the top five most underappreciated quarterbacks. And I actually put, believe it or not, Aaron Rodgers on that list because as much as, you know, he's had accolades from some, I feel like there's this just want and this feeling out there in the media and elsewhere that they just keep waiting for him to fail and for, for him to not be good. But yeah. he puts up great numbers every year. He brought his team to a 13 and three record last year off to a good start this year. I think that the Packers, I think it's, shocking that this is only in a three and a half point game i like the packers to win fairly easily uh we're gonna call it 30 to 30 to 20 
30 to 20 Packers win and uh, definitely the under. I, I, I could see this being a lower scoring game than even that. It's just that with today's NFL, I feel like both these teams are going to put up some points, but I don't think it gets to 57 and a half. Yeah, that'd be interesting. That uh, that that over is pretty tough to bet on. Um, I like the Packers in this game as well. And I mean, I mean, Houston, uh, there's not really much to say about them, man. They had Tennessee right, right in their, in, in the palm of their hands and, you know, they fumbled it. <laughs> um, hell of a coaching job by Mike Vrabel as well. I'm, I'm pretty sure you've seen this shit that was going on social media, how he th- uh, ran a player out there intentionally to stop the clock and all this other bull. But uh, yeah, Green Bay, um, Aaron Rodgers, he's, Still a top three candidate for MVP, in my opinion, even though they had a stinker against Tampa Bay last week. Um, but it's still the better team overall. And I agree with you. This defense is still pretty solid. Uh, every defense has a, a slip up every now and then. Like you've seen my Baltimore Ravens, we get blown out by Kansas City on Monday night, and we're an excellent defense. So uh, give me Green Bay. Um, I'm rolling with Aaron Rodgers, and I'm going to roll with a score. Uh, I think they put up a 30, and I'll give Houston 17 um, for, for Watson and his boys. All right, moving on. Next game here. We got the NFC South Division battle. Carolina traveling to New Orleans to take on the Saints. And right now the Saints are the uh, favorites. Minus seven over under is 50. Um, this could be potentially the game of the of the week. This is a, a very, uh, first of all, it's a division battle. All right. Carolina is much better than I thought they were going to be. Um, this is a very competitive team. They've been in basically every game that they play so far and uh, New Orleans, you already know how I feel about Drew Brees and, and this New Orleans football team in general. They are not a team that I would fear. I low key like Carolina in this game with the points. Um, I think that New Orleans, I think they're going to win the game, them being at home. And I still think they have the better overall team, but uh, I like Carolina getting the seven points there. So I'm going to go with New Orleans winning this game by a score of 25 to I'm gonna say 25 20 but uh give me Carolina with that seven though I like that I I really like what you said there because uh I when looking at the games up and down I think there's one clear-cut number one game that I'm looking forward to which we're going to talk about in a little bit but when I look at this game uh, this game to me looks uh absolutely spectacular so you got a few things going on here first of all I like the upstart Panthers a lot I just love the team um you know, McCaffrey's been hurt, but in his absence, uh, Mike Davis has stepped in and been excellent. Uh, you've got a bunch of receivers that I like a lot there but with Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, uh, Curtis Samuel, and Teddy Bridgewater, who's done an incredible job with this team. Again, I, I absolutely love it. I think Matt Rule is going to be a great coach in this league. He seems like he he gets it. His team plays in his style and they kind of rally around him. And Teddy Bridgewater, well, I mean, what a performance this year so far. That 5-0 and performance that he had with the Saints last year doesn't seem like a fluke to me. And how about a cool story of Teddy Bridgewater coming back and playing against his old team here too. So this, this to me is kind of like uh, a must-watch must, must watch game. Uh, the only reason I really like the Saints in this one, because I agree with you, I like, I like those upstart Panthers a lot with the points, but I think that uh, Sean Payton coming off of a bye week is going to be really tough. Uh, the Saints have played some up and down football and coming off of a bye, I think they're going to be really well prepared. And I think uh, Drew Brees will be, will be rested. Uh, that game, perfect time for some of those players to get healthy. And I don't know that the Panthers defense has an answer for Camara. 
So I like the Saints, unfortunately, because I really do like this Carolina team. I like the Saints to win by about 10 or so. So give me the Saints at the minus seven, and we're going to call it uh, 35-26 or something like that. 35. Wow. Yeah. Even with no Michael Thomas, huh? Still Even with no Michael Thomas, because you know what? I, I, I still agree with all the sentiments that we talked about uh, with Drew Brees losing it on the back, back end of his career now. But he has shown some rhythm in the last couple of games with Emmanuel Sanders, which he did not do uh, early on. So I, I think they're going to be okay. And Kamara, he looks like a special talent this year. It, he looks like one of those guys that you could just put on any team and he's just going to do his thing no matter what. I thought he was a bit more of a, a product of that offense in New Orleans, but he this year just looks really special. Uh, he really does. So uh, give me the Saints here, buddy. Yeah, he is the ultimate Drew Brees bailout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the <laughs> ultimate security blanket. He really is. I mean, you feature if if McCaffrey was healthy, you would really be featuring two of the absolute best bailout running backs in the league that can take a a dump off behind the line of scrimmage and turn it into a fifteen yard gain for you. So, uh, I think this is a great game. Uh, if it wasn't for one of our games coming up here momentarily, I would say this is definitely the game of the week candidate for me. Okay, and then I think yeah, we both agree on this one. This next one is the game of the week. You got Pittsburgh traveling to Tennessee to take on the Titans. And uh, right now the Titans are favored at only minus one and a half. So this is pretty much a pick them. Uh, 50 and a half is the spread. Ruder, talk to the people. Yeah, I, I'm excited for this game. You know, anytime you have a battle of undefeateds this late in the season, I say this late, you know, week six uh, in the books and uh, coming in here, that's that's pretty cool. It's very tough to win that many games in a row in the NFL. So to see the schedule line up where you get two teams to play each other here is pretty cool. And these are two teams that are built incredibly similarly, right? Neither of them have yeah. incredibly dynamic off- offenses, but they both really love to ground and pound. And guess what? They can both steal a quick touchdown on you here or there as well. Chase Claypool, uh, one of my favorite receivers in the preseason that I talked about when we were doing our season preview. I remember talking about him and he has absolutely blossomed into a potential star there. He's kind of that home run hitter that they have. Uh, And then you got a guy on the other side like A.J. Brown, who can also steal some some points for you as well. And of course, Connor and King Henry, all hail King Henry after last week's performance. Uh, absolutely can get it done. And ultimately, my up and down roller coaster relationship with the Titans, who I said in the in the preseason and analysis that we did, I thought that the Titans could potentially be one of the top four teams in the league and make it to another AFC championship game. I did say that. And then after they started playing, I started calling them paper champs because they didn't look that impressive yeah. despite the fact that they were winning, right? And then they just came in and just molly whopped buffalo and i did not see that coming and it impressed me a lot so i think my other last sentiment on this game is that it's incredibly interesting that you have derrick henry going up against this steelers defense that is incredibly good at stopping the run so i'm kind of excited to see how all of that plays out uh there's just something about this as much as i like this tennessee titans team i just have this feeling if for no other reason to spite you and your Baltimore Ravens that somehow with points, the Steelers are going to pull this one out. I think it'll be a close one within a field goal, but give me the Steelers like 28, 24, somewhere in that range. And uh, I don't know. I'm going with my gut on this one. The Steelers, how the fuck do they keep doing it with these receivers, bro? I I think it's, I think it's the coaching. I think it's good offensive coaching, man. I really do. I, you know, I, I don't know. I thought, 
in the past that maybe that wasn't the case and it was just a really good team, but I don't know. And it's always a, like a, a second, third, fourth, fifth round, sixth round. Antonio Brown was a fucking sixth round pick. Yeah. And he's one of the greatest receivers of all time. Like it makes no sense how they keep doing it. Where Emmanuel Sanders came through was he originally came through there as well as Plaxico yes. Burris, right? All later yeah. round picks. Yeah. Plaxico is like the only first round pick, him yeah. and Santonio Holmes. Yep. No, I I remember seeing Claypool yeah. though at the combine. I remember seeing it. I was like, this this kid's gonna be special. And I loved what the you know the commentary was saying because it's so easy to talk superlatives when the guy just ran like a four three three forty or something, right? It's easy to talk about that. But they were talking about like his work ethic and he's gonna make a team by um, being a good special teamer. And there's nobody that works hard. I'm like, this kid could be special with that size, that speed, that catch radius, and that work ethic. And then he went to like that blue collar team like Pittsburgh. I'm like, this is a match made in heaven. And sure enough, he's been he's been a beast so far. So pretty, pretty cool. <clears throat> yeah, this is uh, I feel like this game is going to be a defensive battle. Um, Pittsburgh, one of the top defenses in the league. Tennessee, they are a very this, you know, it's their bend but don't break type defense. You know, they'll give up a lot of yards. Um, I mean, last week they gave up a lot of points as well. But, uh, like, when it comes, like, when they need a stop, they usually come through. And, ah, man, I, it's tough because I've, I looked at Tennessee as one of those teams where it's like, you know, I, I really don't believe in them. I, like, come on, Ryan Tannehill, like, he's going to lead this team to the promised land. And you got fucking Derrick Henry just running over everybody, literally throwing people off the field, literally, like not even joking. <laughs> um, and then we seen what he did last week to Houston. It just totally took over the game. But this Pittsburgh defense is special. Um, it's another typical year, another typical Blitzburg defense. And you got them getting sacks and they got, a, a, what, three sacks and an interception in every game that they played so far up to this point. That's ridiculous. I'm going to go with Tennessee. Uh, or excuse me. I want to go with Pittsburgh to win this game. Um I like their defense better. I think that they'll figure out a way to slow down Derrick Henry and uh, make Ryan Tannehill beat them, which, I mean, Tannehill has shown that he can do, but this is a different beast. And uh, I just kind of trust Roethlisberger more. I trust Mike Tomlin more, and I trust Pittsburgh more. Um, I said Pittsburgh coming in, like they they was a, a top five team, and uh, so far they have shown it. They're not, you know, winning in the most sexiest way, but they're winning. Like, it's plain and simple. And we just seen what they did to Cleveland last week. So give me Pittsburgh in this game. I'm going to go with a low-scoring game as well. I'm going to say uh, 23 to 20. Pittsburgh wins with a field goal. All right. Uh, next game on the slate, Cleveland traveling to Cincy, AFC North battle. And right now, Cleveland are home away favorites, minus three and a half. Over, uh, over under is 50 and a half. Oh, man. Cleveland, um, is it is it weird to say that Cleveland's kind of reminds me of of Buffalo, where uh, like <clears throat> does this like like hear me out like they they they've won four games right they're four and two, and like the two teams that they lost to was Baltimore and Pittsburgh two of the best teams in the NFL right now and then they went on to to beat like like Dallas and Cincinnati already and who I forgot the other two wins but um. But when it comes to like the elite teams, they just can't compete, you know, and it sort of reminds me of Buffalo, you know, with Buffalo, they when it went to back to back elite teams in the AFC and was outclassed by those two teams. But I think Cleveland, Cincinnati is just just 
like they don't protect Joe Burrow. He's just getting his ass kicked every time he's out there. And he's been fantastic. And uh, they have some awesome young receivers. And uh, this defense is not good. I think Cleveland can win this game. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a blowout. I think that Cleveland understands that Baker Mayfield is not that good. Keep the ball out of his hands as much as possible. Give it to give it to Kareem Hunt. Uh, do some play action and kind of work off of that. So I'm going to go with Cleveland in this game. Give me a score of 28, and I'm going to give Cincinnati 14. Okay. Okay. I, I kind of agree entirely with your sentiment there. I think the the linking factor there between the two teams is inconsistent quarterback play. As much as I like Josh Allen, and I do, I feel like I would want him at the helm of my team more than Baker Mayfield. Uh, stronger arm, more athletic, seems more coachable, seems less less like an asshole if I'm being completely honest. Less commercials. Like less less commercials, uh, although... Baker commercials are good. I'm not glad. Some of his commercials Yo, are all commercials right. commercials are good. I ain't commercials lie. are all right, yeah. He's, but he is doing the book club one. Right. Yeah, or the, talk, can we when his keys fall the gate. Yeah. My favorite one, the one that gets me every time, is the one where it's it looks like it's going to rain. Yes. Covering up all the stands. <laughs> Uh, start from the bottom. I start from the top. We'll meet in the middle. It'll go twice as fast. Come on. Yeah. Don't just stand <laughs> there. Yeah. yeah, he's all right. I, You know, he seemed really incredibly likable in those moments. But then, you know, just throwing his own teammates and medical staff under the bus, you know, getting two coaches run out of town uh, very quickly. I don't know, man. I mean, we could talk all day about, you know, the, the woes of. How about being a better actor than he is a quarterback? Yeah, I mean, you, you could definitely you could definitely say that at this point. And, it's it's tough man but uh he's got too much talent around him look look at the leap that josh allen made with the talent around him now when you put josh brown around him when you put stefan Diggs around him when you put a dynamic player like singletary around him josh allen obviously elevated his game you know baker has all the tight ends he could possibly ask for all the running backs he could ask for uh you know hooper and joku kareem hunt uh nick chubb how many how many receivers do you need before you, you know, you have, you have some, some uh, better quarterback play there between Landry and, and they have a very good offensive line too. Yes. And in an offensive line with Conklin, that's much improved. Right. So uh, back by this, a pretty solid defense too. Yeah. Yeah. With some real playmakers there. I mean, Miles Garrett will, you know, take his helmet off and try to brain you if, uh, if it uh, doesn't work out in his it's direction. Like crown but, baby. It's the top of that helmet. But, um, but in all seriousness, this game scares the hell out of me because I feel like the Bengals, despite their poor record, they're in every game. They really are. I don't think there's been a game yet where they, they've really been blown out, and that includes the the game in which Baker Mayfield needed to barely squeak by to win by five points mm-hmm. against Cincinnati the last time when Cleveland was at home. Um, <laughs> to, to that end, like I said, this game scares the hell out of me with the Bengals I mean, it's only three and a half. That's scary, but I still think give me the Browns at this point in these two quarterbacks' careers with the level of talent around. I think the Bengals are still obviously rebuilding. It scares me, so I wouldn't say run right out and bet this, but uh, give me the Browns, but make it a little bit closer maybe than you had the score. I like it to be around uh, you know 30 to 23. Okay. Man, shout out to Baker. <laughs> I hope uh, I honestly I hope he I hope he finds a career afterwards, kind of like Romo did maybe in some kind of uh you know broadcast or some yeah, kind of he has a good him. he has a very likable TV personality. He's he's got charisma in that yes. when he's when he's not being a dick, but he 
I don't know. There's something on the football field. He doesn't seem like a leader like Josh Allen does. And uh, I don't know. He seems like he gets cocky when he wins and then just folds when he loses. You know, I, I don't know. A, it, I got a bold prediction for you. All right. I love it. Let's hear it. Baker Mayfield in five years is going to be an analyst on ESPN or NFL Network. In, within five years? Within five years. By, by his 30th birthday, he's going to be in the booth? He's going to be there. He's gonna right. be, and he's going to be one of the most like touted ones, too. So I think he could do a really good job on TV. I think that's his calling. Football, okay. I, I don't think playing football is his calling, but talking about it is. Okay. All right. Okay. I, I, it sounds yeah. a little harsh, but, you know, I, 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 it's, it's just how I feel. I'm sorry. I can see it, man. All right. Um, moving on here. We got Detroit traveling to Atlanta to take on the Falcons, who finally got their first win last week. Shout out to Falcons Nation. Rise up. Detroit is the underdogs plus two and a half and the over under is 55. I mean, uh, that's pretty much, that's, that's a guarantee over, uh, over right there. Right. Ruder. I I'd have to imagine. Yeah. These are two teams <laughs> that just confuse the hell out of me again. I mean, talking about teams that you don't know what you're going to get when they step on the field. Uh, both of these teams have shown flashes in particular on offense of being a solid team and both teams defenses put up no resistance whatsoever. So <laughs> they, in sincerity, the, these two teams might, you know, put up 80 points. Uh, I really could see that. Um, it, it looks like I would just go here with the team getting points usually, but I think Atlanta, like you said, getting their first win last week, they may have figured some things out. And if it's a, if it's a track meet, you know, give me the team with, with Matt Ryan and Calvin Ridley, uh, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm not, I've never been completely sold on Kenny Galladay as a number one. Uh, Stafford has been very up and down in his career. So again, man, in, in a crazy game, another one that I'd stay away from, give me the Falcons minus two and a half, a uh, high scoring game, 40 to 35. Man, this game has, you know, you know exactly how this game is going to play out. I literally seen this already. Now that I've said 40 to 35, I would have to guess it's going to play out. It's going to be like seven, nothing. Nope. On a, on a defensive score or something. That's nope. what's going to happen to me. It's, it's going to be exactly how you're basically saying it is the Falcons are going to go up big. They're going to be up like fucking 30, like 30 to, to, to seven at one point, like middle of the third quarter. And then Detroit just going to go on a crazy run and score like four straight touchdowns. It, it like this, this is exactly what this game is going to be. It's literally going to be like one of those football movies that you already know how the ending is going to happen. I, this is exactly how I see it's going to happen. Adrian Peterson is going to rush for like 150 yards. <laughs> it's about to be just something stupid. Um, I like Detroit in this game, low key. Uh, I don't know. Like, I like Matt Stafford. I think they kind of figured out their offense last week, although it was what against the Giant or the Jaguars. Um, yeah, I'm on road Detroit, man. The Falcons just give up another big lead that they're going to have. And just, again, just another stomp to the hearts of Falcons fans. Uh, I like the over in this game, and I like the Detroit winning this game 33-34-30. Okay. I can see that, man. It's good. It's, it should be a track meet. This is one where, you know, one of my uh, locks could certainly be the over here. I really do feel as though this is just going to be an absolute shootout. How about this fucking game, man? <laughs> the, the shittiest division of all shittiest divisions battle. Dallas Cowboys taking on the Washington Football Club. This is like Washington is favorite minus one. Over under is 44 and a half. This is gross. Yeah. This is so gross. Ugly. Well, ew. Like Washington is favorite minus one against the Cowboys with all the talent that they have, but no offensive line. 
Andy Dalton couldn't was just ah, oh, he looked so bad on Monday night. Man, I don't know. I don't even want to look at this game, bro. I'm just gonna give a quick pick. Give me Dallas to win 17-13. You you take it away. I'm yeah, not yeah. We can we can be as ugly to this game as these two teams have put a product on the field. It's disgusting. I, I just I just don't understand. If Mike you McCarthy told me, sucks, bro. I mean, aside from that horrific, that horrific injury. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah, I know. I was trying to, I was trying to lay off him. I was trying to lay. You sucked me right in. Uh, yeah, he's been bad. He looks like a, a, a coach from a bygone era. He doesn't strike me as someone that's prepared to coach in today's NFL. And I think we all should have seen that coming. That was my mistake in saying that the Cowboys could be good under Mike McCarthy. Is that Aaron Rodgers had such issues with Mike McCarthy in Green Bay before he was ousted from there, and then. Yes. And then he garnered no immediate interest from other teams. So I should have seen that coming. Uh, And we did say that when they hired Mike McCarthy, he could be just another yes man for Jerry Jones. Mm -hmm. And uh, it looks like that's what he's got there. And he's not the answer. Now, their quarterback went through a horrific injury, which, by the way, I don't think cost him a game because I don't know that the Cowboys would have won last week anyway. And Andy Dalton did have that come from behind victory drive that he led two games ago. Now, had you told me at the beginning of the year that against this Washington football club, the, the DCFC, that the Cowboys would have only been favored one at the midpoint of the season and that, you know, at, with, with one win on the season. They're not favored. Oh Washington my God, you're is right. favored. Oh Washington my God, you're right. Minus one, bro. Oh my God, you're right. I just fell out of my chair. I had to pick myself out of my chair. I thought I read that wrong at first. It's disgusting. And I didn't. Oh, my God. As that bad as Washington I, has been. Wow. They are favored in this well, game. What's so gross about this NFC East in general is just that you're going to have a division winner that's going to come out of this division at something like 6-9-1. and one or This division like is so gross Ugh. that a quarterback will run for 80 yards and instead of scoring a touchdown, will trip due to the turf monster that will be that's how disgusting this division is bro classic blooper for all time in that game that daniel jones just fought that is a perfect perfect microcosm of that entire nfc east this season uh daniel he was gone there was nobody within 15 yards i've never seen anything like that it was ridiculous (laughs) you can tell like he's like yeah you know he he ain't used to running like that no that was that was something else man that was Absolutely all-time classic blooper right there. But I can't believe that Dallas is the underdog in this. It's it's unbelievable. And that, that the Washington football team is one game out of first place, essentially. You know, with one win, they're one game out of first place in that division. So it's anybody's game. But I still, I mean, God, with all of this, you still have to like Dallas to win. I, there's just something in me that says Dallas has to figure out something, it's the right? star. Um, I mean, this is the Washington football team that couldn't get past the the New Jersey Giants last week, right? So um, give me Dallas in probably something ugly, but certainly by, I think they went out right here. So I guess give me Dallas. Give me the lock on the under. But gross. I feel like, I feel like I need to, you know, go drink some water or something now. I feel like it's a cleanse this. You know, something here was just left a bad taste in my mouth even talking about it. Yeah, I'm about to go brush my teeth. Yeah, get some mouthwash. (laughs) All right, next next game on the slate, Kansas City traveling to Denver. Chiefs, of course, are favorite. Minus eight over under 44 and a half. And this is allegedly supposed to be a snow game. All right, man, football in the snow. Do you think that slows down this Kansas City Chiefs offense? Oh, boy. Yeah, it's a snow game, huh? 
apparently, like the weather forecast for Denver is that uh, they're expecting snow on Sunday. You just made me incredibly nervous because in my survivor pool, which I'm happy to say I'm still alive. I'm one of only 15 people that are left alive in my survivor pool where you pick a different team to win every single week and you can never pick that team again once you've selected them. And of course, you move forward if you guess correctly and you're out immediately as soon as you pick incorrectly. So I have the Chiefs actually going against the Broncos this week because uh, I think the Chiefs are, are going to hand it to them. But that snow, oh, that makes me nervous, huh? That means uh, it's a little bit more anybody's game. That scares me. But I still, I don't know, man. Even if it does, I think that is going to affect the Broncos as well. The Broncos just aren't good. This is one of my big failures. I thought that the Broncos could be a sneaky kind of Cinderella bubble playoff team. And they're just not good. Uh, I think even with the eight-point spot, I think Kansas City could easily win this one by 10 points. I don't think we have to speak too much on the, the qualities of the Kansas City offense at this point in, in our lives. Uh, they, you know, they're worth all the accolades, and they play efficiently. They do exactly what it takes to beat you, and I feel like they haven't even really exploded yet. Like I think a lot of people have been looking for them to do with uh, you know receivers like Miko Hardman, Demarcus Robinson, um, Tyreek Hill. Uh, Tyreek Hill, thank you. Um, they, they haven't even exploded yet, and they're just they're they're walking over teams. So give me the Chiefs here, probably by you know at least twelve. Uh, we'll call it thirty-five to twenty-three. Yeah, I don't think the snow is going to have much of an effect on this Chiefs team blowing out this Denver team. That's just not good. Drew Lock isn't good. I, I hate to say it, but he's not. All the weapons in the world. He needs another year of development or something. Is he healthy? Is he playing this week? Uh, I believe so. He played last week, okay. right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I see. I, he's another one that I, I called wrong because I thought he was going to have the weapons around him. It seems like Jerry yeah. Judy is the one rookie receiver who's not doing anything this year. Uh, a little bit of a down year just from everybody on that team, whether it's Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay, the quarterback rotation that they've had there. I'm just disappointed by this Broncos team. I really thought that they would be better, and uh, they're just not. They're just not a good team. Yeah, Kansas City uh, win big. Uh, I like. I don't care about the eight points. They're going to drop 30, 33, 35, yeah. maybe 40. It's going to be like maybe New England versus Tennessee. Remember that game? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, hey, I hope it goes that way. I, I don't even want it to be close. I, I don't want to have to be nervous this week. But yeah, give me Kansas City in that game. Give me the, I don't care about the eight points. <clears throat> um, all right, next game, San Fran traveling to New England to take on the Patriots. Right now, the Patriots are minus two and a half. Hmm, interesting. Um, they did not look good last week against that Denver team. New England didn't. They was, they got shut down. San Fran is pretty much a, like everybody's hurt. Jimmy G is back, but he's still hurt. Mostert is back. Uh, I'm going to go New England. I trust Bill Belichick. I think he'll outcoach uh, Shanahan. I think Shanahan might, you know, see some some uh, 28 to three ghosts <laughs> and uh, just feel a little intimidated. Um, I'm going New England. I think that they can pull it off. Just Bill Belichick's a better coach in this one. He has a better game plan. Um, I'm going to go with a low score, though. I think that New England just kind of grinds it out. Uh, give me a score of 20 to 14, New England. I'm 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 with that prediction. The the weird thing about the 49ers for me is that you don't it's odd because I thought this was a team that we knew what we were getting there, right? I thought this is a very solid team, a very well coached team, and they really had it together. They were going to be a team that was going to be very tough 
for a lot of years. Now they've been bit by the injury bug, maybe harder than any team in recent history. I mean, they just had player after player after player go down, but this is a team where when they run into any kind of stiff competition at all, up until last week, they've lost. They lost to the Cardinals. They lost to the Eagles. They lost to the Dolphins. And all they had beaten were the two New Jersey teams, the Jets and the Giants. And then they go in and they beat the Rams last week. So I, I don't know what 49ers team is going to show up. And I feel like with that being said, that you kind of know who the Patriots are. And the Patriots are always going to play tough. And they're at home here. Uh, I, I like the Patriots here. Maybe like a low-scoring, ugly-type game. And this is like one of the lower scores that I've predicted, but give me like 20 to 20 to 10 Patriots. Yeah. That under looks nice. Yeah. The under looks really nice in this one too. I mean, in today's NFL, 44 is so scary, but cause I mean, it's so easy to get to like 24, 20. Right. Right. But I still kind of like the under here. Um, I, I think it could be ugly and the Patriots come out on top here at home. Um, all right, next game on the slate, Jacksonville traveling to Los Angeles to take on the Chargers. Chargers are minus seven and a half, over under is 49. Um, Ruder, what you thinking? Well, that's a great question. What am I thinking? That's actually the best way to put this. What's on your mind? What's on my mind with this game? Well, what's on my mind this game is that when I was looking for my survivor pool at, at kind of the whole roster or slot of games this week, this was one that stood out to me as very odd because the Chargers were kind of more heavily favored than I thought they'd be. Now, the Chargers are coming off of a bye, Mm -hmm. but they've been a team that's just tough to call. Herbert's been good in his debut these last few weeks, but this is they've been an inconsistent team. Uh, I don't quite see how they come out as seven-and-a-half-point favorites, even though it's very easy to say that Jacksonville is not a good football team right now, right? I mean, they're just not. Um, Yeah, they suck. But they can put up points, though, too. Minshew can put up points with some pretty decent receivers there. So I don't know how the one in four Chargers, even at home, are favored by seven points or seven and a half points. So I think I'm actually going with the dogs here. Jacksonville sucks, and I think they lose, but I bet they cover in this one. And I could see it being like 30 to 28 or something like that for the Chargers, you know, maybe 28, 24, somewhere in there. And give me Jacksonville with the points. Yeah, I low-key like Jacksonville with the points as well. Um, you know, I like Minshew. I love that guy. But, uh, yeah, this Jacksonville team is shitty. This L.A. team really isn't that good. Um, but I think they can definitely score points on one another. I low-key may flirt with that over-under. I may mm-hmm. flirt with the over on that. But uh, I like Jacksonville covering as well. Um, give me a score of, like, 25. I'll go 25. 21 matter of fact yeah 25 21 um jacksonville will cover and or 25 21 chargers jacksonville covers and i don't know man i might pick the over on that one i think it could get like it may get into the 30s for both teams it could i that's this is one of those games that's really tough to call in an over under for me because i feel like both defenses yeah both defenses they they seem to me like they are susceptible to big plays yes and both of these teams kind of have some home run hitters on yes. there so it could it could very well go that these teams shut each other down and kind of play an ugly game you could get ugly Minshew and you know Herbert could get rattled uh and you see a very low score or 
as we mentioned, these teams could go off. So this is one for me that I'd stay away from. I think Vegas has that 49 point over under in a really good place. And as a, as a betting guy, I'm, I'm staying away from that one for sure. Yeah. All right. Next game on the slate, Seattle traveling to Arizona to take on the Cardinals. Uh, right now, Seattle is minus three and a half favorites and over under is 55 and a half. Um, I low-key like the over on this one, but I also low-key feel like Seattle may blow out this Arizona team. Um, Arizona really isn't that good. And as much Kyler was awesome Monday night, well, as as awesome as yet. Well, he's good, I will say. That was just shitty. But um I think I think Seattle might blow this one open, honestly. I think Seattle can drop like a 30, 36, 37 points on this on this Arizona team whose defense is not that good. They lost Chandler Jones for the season. Russell Wilson, I think, can have a field day. Um, Buda Baker had an awesome game last week against Dallas, but this is a whole different breed of offense with Seattle. Um, I'm going to roll with Seattle to win this game. And I think it gets ugly, man. I'm going to go, I'm going to say Seattle scores 38, Arizona gets to 21. And I like the over on this game. Okay. I, I love that you mentioned Buda Baker there. Cause I was going to as well watching that game. He looked like a man amongst boys. He was in on what seemed like every single tackle. He made big plays. He was great in coverage. He was great in stuff in the run. They have an absolute stud uh, with Buda Baker there in Arizona. That, that is a great young player to build around, and he is something special to watch. Uh, I feel much like I talked earlier in this episode about a team you know, coming off of a couple of very tough games. Okay, You've got this Arizona Cardinal team is much to the uh, opposite of that. They're coming off wins against the, the Jets and the Cowboys, two of the most maligned teams in the entire NFL. Yeah. I think the Seahawks team, a Pete Carroll coach team coming off of a bye is going to be like a punch in the mouth after you kind of had your way with those two quote unquote franchises in the last couple of weeks. So for me, give me the Seahawks here at only minus three and a half. I think the reason that the spread is that close is because the Cardinals are at home. The Cardinals have looked good. Don't get me wrong. But I think coming off of a bye, Seattle's going to be very, very tough to beat. Uh, give me the Seahawks. Uh, 35 to, I, I even think Arizona could keep it close. And I do think this might be one of those games where the Seahawks are up fairly sizably. And then Arizona closes the gap a little bit. It could end up like 35 30 with the score, not even being that close, but give me the Seahawks at only minus three and a half. I was listening to um, Russell Wilson on Bill Simmons's podcast uh, a couple of days ago. Like that dude is just awesome. I love that dude. Like he's just a like a like a, a all around perfect dude. Like he got he got to do some like weird shit that we don't know about that's gonna come out like later on because he's just like too perfect. Yeah, he strikes me as a as a just a really cool guy, like somebody you could just root for. You know, he's yeah. not he's not flashy. He's not like a look at me type of player. He's not selfish. He he you know just great leader. Everybody great leader does everything yeah. the right way. He's always done everything the right way. Yeah, that's that's why you know to me that's the guy you want if if it's me starting a franchise around a player right now aside from anyone maybe named Mahomes uh, you know you know I love Lamar too but he, he's shown his uh his his a couple of flaws uh throughout the season I, I think you go Russ right after that danger Russ man he's he's nasty yeah yes yeah. So and that connection you got with DK right now whew. special 
and Lockett and Lockett is no slouch. Let me tell you, Lockett's really good too. That might be one of the best little one, two tandems with one of the best deep ball throwing quarterbacks, uh, pitching on the ball. So pretty, pretty exciting stuff out there in the Pacific Northwest. All right. And then wrapping up things here. We got the Monday night special, the improbable five and one Chicago bears traveling to LA to take on the Los Angeles Rams bears are the underdogs plus five and a half over under is 45. Um, Ruder, would yeah. you believe that the bears are five and one going into I, week six, like seven right now? Like if I would have told you that this beginning of the year, what would I, you have said? Would not believe that. Had you told me that, I would have thought you would be incorrect. And I would have thought if that was the case, and I somehow came out of a coma and you told me that, yep, the Bears are five and one, I would have been like, wow, it must be on the strength of their incredible defense. And it it kind of has been in yeah. a lot of ways, uh, but they just keep winning in weird ways. And the reason I'm really looking forward to this game is because the Rams might be the most absolutely baffling team in the league to me this year. Uh, They come out and they, they beat the Cowboys and Eagles, which at the time was surprising to me. Now we didn't know what the Cowboys and Eagles were going to be. Right. So at the time I'm thinking to myself, wow, these Rams are really something here comes the two and oh Buffalo bills. And they kind of, for the most, most of the game are blown out. Yes. They put it together at the end and they made it close. The bills actually had to come back and win. But I still thought, wow, the Rams put up a really good showing. Okay. Then they go out and they barely limp past the Giants, who we know are terrible. Then, of course, yeah, they go and give it to Washington. Okay. So they've beaten teams like, listen to the teams they've beaten the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Giants, and Washington. But they've lost to the Bills and Niners. All right. This, this Rams team, they show flashes of being so good. And I think somewhere they're just not. I think that they are maybe way worse than their record suggests because they've limped past a couple of very bad teams. They beat the Cowboys by three. Uh, they beat the Giants by eight. They, they lost to Buffalo. They lost to the Niners, who, by the way, are not the Niners that we thought they were going to be either because uh, I thought perhaps that game against an injured San Francisco team might be a statement game for the Rams, and they went out and lost. So as crazy as this sounds, uh, give me the Bears, man. To be honest with you, I, I think Matt Nagy is exactly what people said he was. And with five and a half points, you, you might see the Chicago Bears just pull this one out anyway, just outright win this game. You know, you might disagree with me here. I'm not sure. The over-under scares me. I'd stay away from that because I'm not really sure which direction that's going to go. But but give me the Bears with the points. And I'm going to just kind of go middle ground here and call it like a, a 32-23 type of game for the Bears. Yeah, I like Chicago in this game as well. Um, okay, That's, L- I, uh, the Rams are man. I really do. I, the Rams aren't good. They're not a good team. They're the best NFC East team, pretty much. Like that's how I look at them. They beat. They swept the NFC East. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. Lost to the Niners, the fucking depleted Niners. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, I'm good on them. Like, I'm I'm all good on them. I'm not a Jared Goff believer. I never was. Aaron Donald, as great as as he is, and as great as Jalen Ramsey is, they can only do so much. Um, they're not the ones throwing the football and scoring touchdowns. And uh, yeah, Chicago's defense is elite. Nick Foles is a stabilized uh, uh, 
uh, stabilize, he stabilizes the quarterback position back there. You know, you, he's maybe not, he's not going to go and score 40 points, but at the same time, he's not going to throw four interceptions and put you down by 40. Um, I like the bears in this one. I think it's going to be a grinded out type game. Um, give me the bears winning 17 to 12. And here's the crazy thing about this. This is why I'm looking forward to this game so much. This is a game where it's very, very, very tough for me to call. I, I'm really excited to see what the hell happens in this game. I keep waiting for Chicago to just lose and be blown out, and they're just not. I keep waiting for the Rams to be spectacular, and they're not exactly. Yeah. If, but if the Rams came out and smoked the Bears, I'd be like, okay, I get that. You know, they've got they've got Cooper Cup, they've got Robert Woods, they've got Jared Goff, who I do like, by the way. I've been a fan of his. I put him on my most underappreciated quarterbacks list as well. I like Jared Goff. They've got Tyler Higby, who's really good. Is they've Kirk got, Cousins on that list? Kirk Cousins was not on that list because <laughs> I think, despite the fact that I am in his corner as a guy, I uh, do not think he's underappreciated. He's overappreciated by me, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> you like that? Uh, but yeah, if like I said, if the Rams, they also feature, by the way, a player in Aaron Donald who can take over a game on defense like maybe no other player in the NFL can uh, in this day and age. Uh, that's something special too. So if the Rams came out and were really good the rest of this year, okay, I could totally see it, but I, I don't know. I, I could see that happening. I just, I'm not predicting it. I, I really think that the Rams for, for whatever reason, because they're all so well coached. I keep saying all these things that I like about them, but there's just something wrong with that team. It's that Jared I don't Goff. Like. It's Jared Goff, bro. I'm I telling you what it is. It's him. It might be. It might it's be. Him. It very well might he be. Has, he reminds me of Kirk Cousins. He reminds me of that, that type of quarterback, man. I don't know why I like those guys. Those guys I, that can't quite hack it. Those are my dudes. They, you know, like, they, I like Derek Carr. They're good-looking kids. They, they can go, like, star in, like, in, like, general hospital and shit. They got that look about them. I like the general hospital plug. You know? Nice. Derek Carr nice. is a gamer, you know? Yeah, you know? Derek Carr. If I had to pick from those three quarterbacks, I think I go Derek Carr. Yeah, all day. Derek Carr all day. Derek Carr is my number one most under underappreciated quarterback. So I, I like Derek Carr too. But yeah, I mean, this is a this is an interesting game. I'm absolutely looking forward to Monday night because I think that it's gonna be a really fun game either way. Yeah, yeah, it should be. We'll see. I think it's gonna be a, a good defensive battle, which I, I like love. This week there's a lot of really cool games and fun things to watch on all the different all the different uh spots in of the week. Uh, you know, you've got, you know, the saints and the Panthers, which is a game I'm really looking forward to at the one o'clock slot. Uh, you've got that Niners Patriots game at, at four The night game is Seattle and in the Cardinals uh, yeah. battle, battle of the birds there two really good quarterbacks. That should, uh-huh. be, a hell, it should be a hell of a lot of fun. Oh. Yeah. Two birds. The, the, the you bird those birds. I hear you. You heard it. What happened to that boy? You like that? And then, uh, the Rams and Bears, I think, is going to be a hell of a game. And, and I think that should, that could be a statement game for one of those two teams. You could see that one of those two teams kind of separates themselves. Uh, and s- sneakily, the Bears could be out in front in that division. It's it's something else. But uh, Bears. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to this week a ton. I can't wait to get it started. You know what I'm looking forward to? What's that? Next week. Next week? Why? Why is that? We got Ngakwe, baby. Oh, that's right. Yeah. We talk about that, how disgusting that that is. Calais Campbell Man. and now Yannick Ngakwe on that defensive line as though you guys needed any other studs on that team. It's unbelievable. Oh, I, man. It's such a beautiful super move. team. You know, yo, Rudy, I just want to share to you how 
joyful it is just to know that we have such a great general manager that just knows what the team needs and just goes and gets it for fucking fifth round picks. Another third and fifth round special. This is a GM of the year award, right? Is that a thing? Yeah. Yeah. I think he pretty much locked it up again. My guy from, from the draft to the, the pieces he's put together. uh, It's unbelievable. And, and then the coach, you know, the coach that goes with it and builds around the players that he's got, uh, what a job they've done, man. They they truly have uh, everything from Patrick Queen to this Yannick Ngakwe pickup. I love what Hollywood Brown brings to that team as a recent draft pick. Obviously, we could talk about Lamar Jackson. I mean, it's he's done a phenomenal job there. Uh, incredible. Just to, in in today's day and age, to have a football team with that few holes is is unbelievable. And Justin signed- Tucker, they've got the best kicker in play. They've got they've got everything, you know. And we signed Dez to the practice squad. He's healthy. Could be a very viable number two. Did did they they definitely signed him? Because the last I heard, so I forgive me, I am out of it. I heard that uh, if we're talking to the people here, Antonio Brown signed with the Buccaneers. Yes, Is that correct? yeah, one year deal to the Bucks. So we have the Bucks uh, picking him up, and so Dez did. I heard the rumors that he was looking at the Ravens, but he definitely signed. Signed to the practice squad, and to then. The um, well, it's still pending physical. It's still pending physical. So I mean, Des could give them what they don't have in a in a wide receiver spot, which is a big physical wide 50, receiver. 50 guy. Yeah, 50, yeah, 50 ball guy. Yeah. That's the one thing that they don't have. They've yep. got burners. They've got uh, nice little route runners, but they don't have like a goal line. Now they have goal line targets with big catch radius at the tight end position, but they don't have that at the receiver side. Yeah. So that's another piece, you know, that could really work out and do something really nice for them. So what a job. Hat, hats off to your GM, man. Yeah, I love it. It's so beautiful. My football team is like the exact opposite of my basketball team. Like that, I, I have no faith in that front office. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, crazy. weird, right? Isn't that crazy? That's like you are really on the polar opposite ends of the spectrum there. But uh, your boys brought in a nice coach. I think uh, that's a that's a good move, man. Yeah, right? that's a fact. Trust um, the process. Yay, man! Two a time in Miami. Talk about it, man. How you feeling? Right. I have mixed emotions. I have mixed emotions on that because. Uh, I, I really thought Fitzpatrick was kind of doing his thing. Oh, you, know, uh, you fell for the puppy dog eyes. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I didn't, though, because he, all year long, I was commending Ryan Fitzpatrick to everybody that I talked to. And I talked to Dolphins a lot because I, I happen to be that guy. I mean, I'm out, out here in Western New York in the circle, the wagon central nexus of the of the planet. And I'm a Dolphins fan, right? So generally speaking, when Dolphins news happens, I'm that guy that people reach out to. So I'm, I'm getting all kinds of talk about this. Everybody that you know, runs into me. Oh, how about, you know, Tua? how about Fitzpatrick? And all year long, I've been talking about Fitzpatrick. Bills fans love to bring up Fitzpatrick, right? Because Fitzpatrick used to play for Buffalo. And I thought, what an absolutely commendable job. I loved that scene. Loved it. When Tua came out through his first couple of passes and who's his number one cheerleader, Ryan Fitzpatrick, pumping up the crowd behind him. Amazing, right? I mean, what more could you ask for from a guy? This Harvard-educated, gunslinging, wheeling-dealing, kiss-stealing, beard-wearing maniac named Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, incredible. Now, he, he came out and admitted, and he knew that he was going to be the placeholder. He called himself that. He understands that. He came out and said, a week later, I understand my time is almost up. I, um, you know, any day now it could happen. But then the, the Dolphins make the move and he comes out and he says, I was shocked and I'm heartbroken. And I, and I just kind of, what? Like, what part of this did you not expect? You called yourself the placeholder. You said that your job is there to groom him. 
The man steps on the field and you're pumping him up. They gave him his first playing time already. Then they make them move and you're shocked and heartbroken. I, I don't understand. I don't understand it at all. I don't understand how he could be shocked. And I was in his corner the whole time. I really was. I was a Ryan Fitzpatrick fan, but I just, I just don't understand his shock and disbelief that they, their first round draft pick who they already gave a little playing time has uh, taken over his starting role. I, I don't get it. Yeah. Fitzpatrick reminds me of like the guy that's dating the girl where like all the signs is that like, like, like she's not the one for them. Like they, they do all this stuff where they buy them all the gifts and take them on all the great dates and, you know, next thing you know, she goes around and messes with another guy and they just act all shocked about it after like all the signs were there. Like, bro, what are you shocked about, bro? You knew this was coming. You knew this was about to happen. She's like, they're like the the dude in the unfaithful song by Rihanna. Yes. The dude that just knows it's coming, but yes. it's just around anyway. Yes. Shocked when they come out and say it, you know? Like, oh my God, are you what? serious? I was like, yeah. oh, my God, come on, Ryan. Get the fuck come out on, of here, man. bro. The Dolphins don't want to be a murderer. Yeah, <laughs> man. Don't. God damn. You know, like, it wasn't a commitment with you, bro. You was the side piece. <laughs> You've always been the side <laughs> piece. always been the side piece, bro. <laughs> His whole life, he's been the side piece. He's been a great side piece. Don't get me yeah. wrong. Buffalo, funny... Ch- Buffalo damn near put a ring on it. Like, they yeah. definitely they said that's, that's some of the most... Buffalo shit ever. If you think about it in this analogy, they tried to wipe up the side piece is exactly what Buffalo tried to do, man. That's unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. They tried to put the ring on the side piece. Isn't that some Buffalo shit right there? Unreal, man. Unreal. This is that's that's fucked up. But that's hey, that's that's Buffalo football. Shout out to the Bills. Man. Shout out to the Bills. Shout out to Ryan Fitzpatrick, man. That's he's a great career. What a interesting, interesting career he's had. Maybe one of the most unique in NFL history. You know, uh, great, great guy. But just come on, man. You didn't see it coming. Give me a break. Everybody's seen it coming. Oh man, Ruder is fun, bro. I enjoyed this episode, man. Next week, I think we're gonna have a guest. Hopefully. Looking we'll forward to out. it. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get that going. We're gonna have somebody special on next week. We don't know who it is yet, but somebody's gonna be joining us. Somebody here. will be on here with us. Somebody's gonna be in the beat the odds chamber, and we're gonna have a lot of fun. So let's get it rolling. All right, man. So if you are listening to this podcast, if you enjoy what you just heard, make sure that you go and like our Facebook page. We upload on Facebook all of our episodes, so make sure that you never miss one. Um, go and follow us on Twitter again. Episodes are always uploaded on there. You know, we always sharing our thoughts and opinions on our different social media uh, platforms. Email us sports your enthusiasm podcast at gmail.com. Am I missing anything, Ruder? Uh, have you told the people to drink a lot of water yet? Make sure that you are drinking plenty of water, stay have hydrated. You, have you told the people to wear their masks yet? Make sure that you're wearing your mask. Make sure that you're taking your vitamins. Make sure that you go and vote. Yeah, get out there and vote. It's coming up. I think it's probably too late to register, so you're too- shit out of luck at this point. Yeah, if you're going to go and vote. Go and vote. Here's why. Because if you don't like the candidate afterwards, you can't talk shit if you didn't vote. All right, That's my belief on that. So go vote. Drink plenty of water. Wear your mask. Bryce, anything else? Go make some fucking money. Yeah. Listen to us. Go make some picks. Go find a bookie. Do some illegal shit. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> this is like crazy. Fine. Just go go nuts. YOLO. 
Looks like this goes still the tiger. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate you guys. We love you guys. Thanks for listening. Take care.